Welcome to Ah Crap A Hellboy Podcast, the show dedicated to the half demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And me, Kate Thompson. Yeah! Yeah! And it is our. F- <laughs> We're giggling over FaceTime. <laughs> and we are on our final episode of The Weird Tales. Yeah. And, you know, because right now it's. Weird times calls for weird tales. Oh yeah. So, um, and I think this one, I just have to say, right before we're gonna jump right into the main story we're covering this week because we got a lot to cover, including yeah. this last final story covers as well as our rankings of all the weird tales. But I gotta say, right now, I'm loving, I'm loving that we get to see some. Not, I'm just in the mood, and I'm glad that we get to see some Nazis get beat up. <laughs> yeah. Truly, it's nice. The world is sucks right it's, now. Yeah, it's on fucking fire. It's um, horrible. So, you know, so let's let's jump in and l- talk about Lobster Johnson. Yeah, beating <laughs> the up the fantasy Nazis. of just punching these people until they're gone. <laughs> yeah. So, Lobster Johnson action detective adventure, aka. Doc Hollow's Grand Vibro Destructo Machine. <laughs> what, what it a was title. originally titled, yeah. Um, and it was uh, written and illustrated by John Cassidy and colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Scott Alley. And it was published. It was published so each Weird Tales issue had one of these in the back. Which I love. Which is so great, yeah. Like total little serialized thing. So it was published uh, the first one, February 26, 2003, and it wrapped up April 14th, 2004 um, in the back of Hellboy Weird Tales 1 through 8. And it's just really fun. It's like uh, it reminds me of like, did you ever read uh, The Phantom? Like, was that in your Sunday comics or anything? Or, I, I didn't, don't know. If- I didn't really. I'm not. A, I can't call myself like a Sunday comic reader. So I, I never read the original Phantom. But I, I know what you're going for and what you're saying. <laughs> it definitely, yeah. I mean, it, it's like, you know, if you've ever even seen any, like, pulpy comics, that's definitely what it's reminiscent of. And, like, they used to, I mean, The Phantom, when I was a kid, I, I read all of the comics page. that I loved it so much. The Phantom was, like, the last thing that I read every time because it was just kind of boring to me because it was, like, you know, I'm, like, a 10-year-old girl, and I, I guess I was more interested in, like, the comedy ones, like the... Yeah. Your Garfields and your... <laughs> stuff like that. Your Hagar the Horribles. These are, like, uh, the comics that I... You know, front-page comics. And then the Phantom, I was just, like, I forget what happened last week. I was, like, my attention span was too small. But it was cool looking. (laughs) So I did read it. But yeah, these ones are really fun. Like there's a lot of fun. Like we kind of talked about like comics language, like this heightened sort of like you read it in like an old newsreel kind of a voice, you know, like. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. His assistant kidnapped while trying to intercept Doc Hollow's grand vibro destructo machine. The brave lost, you know, it's like just like very silly heightened language. We see like cool punching. I like this. This panel of Lobster Johnson simultaneously backhanding, like, you know, the elbow behind the head hitting into one of the henchmen and then simultaneously like kicking, like fucking kickbox kicking up in the air. Another guy 
Hell yeah. It's really fun. <laughs> so good. I love the Lobster Johnson's look through this entire thing. Yeah, like, he looks cool. Yeah. The, the design that John Cassidy gave him is so perfect for especially like for a 50s, like you said, Phantom, uh, the Shadow, whatever. Totally. Even even early Captain America. It's like all in that vein. And it's so great. <laughs> yeah. And I love the zigzag of his like cowl. I think, you know, like, yes. it's like the claw kind of silhouetted with his like nose and then the zigzags down under the eyes, I think is really great. He's got these little beady red eyes, which are really fun. Yeah, I love that the, the red matches the, the claw on his chest. It's yeah. wonderful design. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> I'm sure he's supposed to look like fan- the Phantom because he does like his you know it's like color swap almost of the phantom from the waist down especially uh yeah so he's just like kicking their asses he's trying to you know he's trying to find doc hollow's grand vibro destructor machine to just bring justice to the world and and justice to to crimson hood (laughs) yeah crimson hood is such a great villain you know he looks he's like a nazi kkk mashup yeah, it's like a Just great everything you could hate into one <laughs> fucking entity. At the same time, a great nod to Red Skull in a sense. That's yeah. Great. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So he's just beating the shit. I love this. Uh, in the second, uh, second like I don't even want to say issue iteration second, or story. Yeah, second chapter. Lobster Johnson descends down this hole. And he sees they the phrasing of it is really the best thing. Lobster Johnson finds the evil crew in an underground bunker and gives chase only to find a monstrous barricade. And Lobster Johnson's dialogue is big door. (laughs) That's great. Like it feels very like within Hellboy in that regard. Like, yes, some funny dialogue there. I love this description, too. This is one of my favorite. It really made me laugh reading it Um, after literally after that panel. Uh, the caption is unable to prevent the hooded villains escape the crustaceous adventure in <laughs> interrogates yeah. one of the heads. just the use of crustaceous avenger is brilliant so funny <laughs> and he does it like each each chapter he uses different language to describe like the villains and stuff too like he'll do like an alliterative sort of funny thing i also just like i mean it's just like basic good comic drawing like you know there's no like this looks like lobster johnson looks like a realistic man you know what i mean like he's not like he's not huge or anything like that he just looks like a normal strong guy yeah Um, it's it's impressive that john cassidy has because i I've all of his work, the one the mainly the one we've visited during this was his big uh, big top Hellboy. His yeah. figure his figure work is amazing in that. He's just such a solid artist, like yeah. he's so good. And to see him shift from his his main style, which is displayed in Big Top Hellboy, to this like dating his style to to fit within this forties slash fifties look, but still yeah. hold on to that. His great figure work is quite impressive. And I would think that Dave, I, I don't know who's like, I would assume that Dave Stewart's the one who's adding this sort of like newsprint look to the coloring. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, there's like a really defined that like dot, like printed dot style kind of comic page to it that yeah. I'm, sh- I would assume that Dave Stewart was responsible for. 
and it just helps the look of it so much. It's really cool. Yeah. Just makes it look like an aged piece of paper. Yeah. Then so Lobster Johnson's like continuing to pursue these bad guys. He like beats some information out of a minion. He goes right to the before mansion. he dies. <laughs> yeah. Before he's shot by one of the other flunkies. Uh, yeah. So it's like fun. Even the like exposition chapter is like still has shooting and like action <laughs> then in a desperate search for his kidnapped assistant and doc hollow's grand vibro destructor machine lobster johnson is led to a stately mansion in upstate new york hot on the trail of the maniacal crimson hood <laughs> and he so he busts in and he finds his assistant uh like tied up in like he's got like a ball gag in his mouth and like a like a corset and like you know he's dressed up like uh it reminds me of like dr frankenfurter almost like yes you know like he's got like the thigh high tights and stuff um (laughs) so i guess he's been you know this is kind of horrible but he's been like used as a love slave sex toy by these like nazis like it's it's a crazy turn i think for (laughs) i think it's supposed to be like just a funny throwaway joke but it's also like this is fucking wild i thought the same thing i was like yeah he has been raped and right by these nazis it's like uh it's dated in that way i think where it's like in 2004 when this was published it was probably like haha like he's a little he's their little toy and it's like oh this is this is dark now that you're i mean (laughs) It's so dark. And the assistant, yeah. it's like, this guy, after this adventure's over, the assistant's gonna need some, like, time, you know? Yeah. He's gotta go, he's gotta go see a therapist, talk to somebody. Talk to somebody. I mean... I was assaulted. Yeah, exactly. He immediately... It's fucking crazy. He immediately is like, I, I mean, you know how bad it was when the assistant, which we're led to believe is, like, sort of, like, just, like, a classic sidekick that really doesn't... like a Bucky... Hold- yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and even less than Bucky, he probably doesn't really hold his own that much. Right, yeah. But it's funny that he's all, uh, right here, he says, I've had time to do some thinking these last few days, and I believe I'd like to do some killing now. Yeah. Like, uh, some messed up stuff happened. Yeah, <laughs> this guy went through it. And I love So that Lobster I- Johnson <laughs> hands him a, a huge fucking, like, Tommy gun, automatic fucking machine gun. Pull up your panties and follow my lead. Like, I think it's all for, like, those jokes, right? Like, you're trying to make it, like, yeah. silly. But it's also, like, it just doesn't, it just hasn't aged super well. You know, this no. is, like, 16 years ago, or, you know, or so. And it's, like, all right. That's, like, not the absolute funniest joke. No, it's not the funniest. It, there's, yeah. reper- there's repercussions to what happened to it. Yeah. And then uh, so then the next chapter, like all of these awful villains, like the Nazis are in a huge library getting served like martinis and shit. They're like and I like that he writes them with the accent. Like, I think that's pretty fun. Sometimes like yeah. if you're having like a I think if you're doing like a serious, more serious comic, you're probably not going to do that. Like it's sort of implied that they have accents. You know, but I think for this one, I think it's like a pulpy, crazy comic. So it's like there's a yeah. So they're like all in the library being evil. Yeah. Their accents for three days. We wait with nothing to do. It is, (laughs) you know, is this soon to be over? Like that kind of shit. Uh, Very silly, like good stuff. Um, 
And they're sort of, but they do also talk about, like, they allude to other stuff in the Mignola universe. Like, we're expected in Austria by midweek, then to Hunt Castle to see Herr Omingoff again. Like, so it's funny. Uh, Yeah, I think it's pretty funny, but it's also like, okay, they're, like, tying in other parts of, like, the real world. Yes. Like, the Lobster Johnson stuff always sort of sits in this world of, like, oh, you're a comic character, but you're real? Like, that's sort of, like, the fun, I think, of the character in this world. It's like, we don't quite know what's totally real and what's just, like, fantastical and shit. Yes. It's good stuff. Yeah. And then they also, one of the Nazis is like, even the toy upstairs bores me. So, yeah, they've been, like, I don't know, at best torturing him. He has lipstick on his collar, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they at it's best like, at best they like tortured him at worst. We already said it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, come on, man. And then uh yeah, the red hood comes in, he's got the he's got the machine, we we assume, in the box. Or well, we assume he immediately shows it. The vibrodestructo machine. They do like a fun thing too, like capable of shaking skyscrapers to the ground. To dust if the settings are just right. It could pull atoms apart if such a thing were possible because it's like takes place in 1939. So the atom hasn't been split yet. It's just like really funny little stuff. Yeah. And I love the language and we'll probably talk about this throughout. But like that heightened language you've already called out. It's funny because like lines like that verge on going into Stan Lee, but he never it's fun to see him never tilt tilt over into the bombastic language of stanley but get stanley's close. like on another level <laughs> yes. with it he's yeah. like you know he's in his own category 100 percent with that shit he's like a it's like a poet or something it's like you like a friend of, uh, a friend of the show andrew stanton he was talking about lord of the rings and saying like as a story it's like kind of hard to read and not everything makes sense, but it's like the language is beautiful. Like the language is the thing itself. And I feel like Stanley's language is the thing, you know, it's like, yes, his stories maybe aren't necessarily like, I mean, his stories are very good, but they're not like so deviating from traditional hero story in a lot of, in a lot of senses. Like, obviously he's like a huge visionary and he's great, but yeah. yeah. And he clearly, he was a collaborator. So he wasn't just, and then uh, this is a, a Stanley tangent. There's other podcasts out there that can do, like dive into Stanley yeah. and de- death. But one of the funniest things is how much he would comment if like if he wasn't really on board with the story or the art 100 percent in his goofy writing, he would call it out in a weird way. Yeah, he like makes fun of it. <laughs> yeah. He like will say, sorry, there's not action happening here. We'll get to it sooner. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's like, okay, Grandpa, even as a young man. So funny. Very funny. Yeah, so a lot of that is in here. It's like a lot of silliness. Um, By all means, we will take it. Excellent. Let us celebrate. Elmo, bring us champagne. But Elmo has the claw on his forehead, the mark of the claw. I love it. That is Visitors. actually one of my favorite intro. Like those two panels are two of my favorites of the inner. They're really visit, cool. And then him falling with the claw. It's so good. Very like <laughs> cinematic and cool. Like it's like he's doing a great job of combining his own style with the style of this like pulp comic. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. 
And then he's, yeah, he's like dual wielding pistols and yeah, the claw is here. And his assistant's like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, good. so they're, it's so great. And then they're in a standoff with the Nazis. Uh, take off the hood, hollow. <gasps> what? <laughs> the red hood is Doc Hollow. He stole his own machine so he could sell it to the Nazis and make twice the profit. What Classic. a piece of shit. Yeah, big piece of shit. <laughs> so that's a cool like reveal and then one of the nazis is like interesting with like his hand over his mouth yawning and then kill them and immediately starts <laughs> blasting it's a great cliffhanger too i was like yeah that seems like such a fun uh serial uh cliffhanger yeah. <laughs> i never really read too much tintin but this villain kind of reminds me of like tintin character looks I'm with you. I never read it either, but I've I've seen images of the original Tintin, and I agree a hundred percent. I bought a copy it's of Speed Racer a little bit. Sorry to cut you off. Oh I, yeah, Speed I Racer that. that comes through a little bit. Yeah, especially with the colorful, like how colorful the palette is with the villains and stuff like that, and like Dick Tracy ish. Like there's oh, a lot of yes. stuff that you can see in here. The jaw lines are very Dick Tracy on. Yeah, big chins, but I guess that's like you know a lot of like these manly man characters from the. The, like, pulp kind of era. Yeah. Dick Tracy was just, like, the most exaggerated version of all those. Yeah. One detail and just blow it out. <laughs> so they're blasting. <laughs> Beware my claw. Die, Nazi dandies. And he's just <laughs> blasting into the fucking room. It's <laughs> so fun. It's crazy. So they try to pick up the, you know, the Vibro Destructo machine to escape, but it's the Nazi holding it is shot and it falls and shatters and it starts shaking the whole mansion. It's tearing the building apart. So they all have to escape. Doc Hollow is devastated. His life, you know, his life's work is exploding and goes to hold his machine either to try to fix it or, or just out of despair. Hollow. No pop. Jumping June bugs, he popped like a water balloon. It's really good. <laughs> that moment was so fun and shocking, shocking yeah. in like a fun way that yeah. I was like, what a great way to take a villain out. <laughs> Even in a comic where they're all like shooting at each other, it's like pretty violent for like, you know, the semi realism that they're portraying. And it's just like the use of panels is perfect because. It's just him grabbing close up and then a whole panel that's just red with white pop yeah, lettering and then great. bloody the bloody sidekick. That's perfect. And it's a great way to portray it like just the composition of this page is really great because while you're not like able to hide that pop behind the turn of a page, like it's not the first panel on the next page. It is the first panel on a new line that you're reading. So it is you're following him, like getting closer to the machine, hugging the machine, a close up of his face as the machine, like the energy from the sh machine is like radiating out. And then you go down to the next line and you see the pop. So it's as much of a reveal as you can have on one page. Uh, it's really cool. Yeah, I'm with it's you. It's great. <laughs> like John Cassidy's The Shit is really good. Yeah. Wow. The so the whole Building is collapsing completely. Oh, where's the one thing? Oh, on this last one with the pop, like right before that, there's a fun line that the assistant has where he's like shooting at the Nazis. He's like yeah. filling them with daylight, boss. <laughs> I thought that was a good line. That is a good line. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So on the like the final chapter, 
Uh, during a violent gunfight between Lobster Johnson and a gang of devilish Nazi hoods, Doc Hollow's vibra- vibrator machine. I don't know why he changes it on this last one to just vibrator machine instead of just like vibro destructo machine. Yeah. And I also noticed that the, the detail of like the stories had dates in the top right corner. Yeah. And they disappear. So I wonder if it was a time thing or something or. I don't know. Yeah. Like they're, yeah, or the first like five or something have the dates and the last three don't I, yeah i don't know maybe it was just like time had passed from the first one being published and he was like forgot that detail or maybe they took it out for one reason or another yeah i don't know but yeah, yeah. it is funny to call it then immediately just vibrator machine yeah a little like continuity stuff <laughs> the vibrations of the dreaded machine bring the walls of the mansion crumbling to the ground and we see uh lobster johnson and his assistant dive clear of the explosion you know the nazis drive away but they did destroy the vibro destructo machine we've and then like we tie it back into more hellboy stuff at the very end with lobster johnson saying we've heard rumors of hunt castle experiments now that i've got confirmation straight from the source i'll be heading to austria right away um no my friend there is no escaping the justice of the lobster's claw with the sun rising behind him silhouetted with his uh, claw and little beady eyeballs sticking out. Um, hey, kids, be sure to join us for our next adventure. <laughs> the yeah. kids are li- reading this. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> wow. I'm a huge fan of this. Yeah, it was really cool. Like, I don't, I mean, the whole thing. I can't, like, pick a panel or dialogue. Everything we were shouting out to and the whole, as you said, the whole layout of it. Each, each layout is so well done and laid out perfectly for the the flow of the story and consistent. Even in that, that, as you said, the exposition-like issue of it still had action and great layout. Yeah, and it was, and all of it is very thrilling and feels of its time, and as well as uh, I'm just flabbergasted on how well that John Cassidy put this together. It's so cool. I keep thinking of it as like I I love how one I love how Lobster Johnson is so brutal. I think that's a yeah. great characteristic that he kept alive in this because yeah. at this point we haven't read any of the the single Lobster Johnson stories as of yet. Where right. we only have that one that was him. It showed his brutality, but I love that that's alive. I love the look of it. I love the immediate connection into Hunt Castle. Like literally, like this yeah. is the adventure right before you can. It's implied that this is the adventure right before Conquer a Worm, where yeah. he went and fucking died. Where he goes and dies. Yeah, <laughs> like that is a great, cool connection that I absolutely love. And it's something that I was, I was reading this. I was like. God, you know what I would love is like if if say for example if the Hellboy movies had actually gone on or like if if there was a Hellboy c- cinematic universe for, per se like a Marvel cinematic universe, it'd be cool yeah. if this was like like a one off those shorts they did that connect sort of like threads. Do you remember when they would do that the shorts that would connect between movies for a while? Yeah. It'd yeah. be cool if this was that, and it was just Lobster Johnson, totally. like a series of shorts that were like, oh, but we're tying it in. Or if it was like the Disney Plus series that are coming, but was Lobster Johnson. That'd be oh, great. I would in a world that. where they treated these movies with the same level of like care, care and, and time, yeah. That, or or if like, say there was a BPRD Hellboy TV show, that, that would be a dream too, <laughs> is if like, this would be one episode, like, maybe it's like the this, the, the, the series arc is uh, Conqueror Worm, right? Yeah. That's our series arc. It'd be cool if like, after the episode that introduced Lobster Johnson, 
in the like in the normal arc, they did like a whole episode that was just this, the flashback to this, but then they put it in a different style like this. Yeah. So it's like, oh, it ties it in. It's a little it, tragic too. Like if you get to see, you're like, oh, that's where he goes to die. Like it's yeah. kind of a, it's like this optimistic ending, but we also, as the reader, know that's where he goes and meets his demise, and it's like, it's like a little sad. It's like a bittersweet ending. This discussion of this, just a teaser for the later in the episode, might make one small change to my rankings. <laughs> yeah. Because of what we're discuss- talking about. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think that John Cassidy did the perfect thing and you just stated it, was really make it feel fully tied into the entire Hellboy universe. Whereas the yeah. other ones got close a lot of times or right. they, they played with elements that I believed could be slipped into the series and not affect it. This one really feels like it's playing with it in right. a great way. In a really like conformed way, like conformed to the, the whole feeling of the, of the story as a whole. I'm maybe we'll start a petition and get it to be made canon. <laughs> because <laughs> that's the good use of petitions publish a third version <laughs> i mean that this is canon i would gladly take more of john cassidy doing more lobster johnson stories in this form yeah because he yeah he knocked out of the park so good <laughs> so i'm so on board with this I, I, uh, <laughs> his right down everything everything everything's great it's just awesome. I wish I, there's a part of me also wishes they would like republish it again on, on its own, like like a like a thick, not a not a trade, but like a thick, um, just a collection of in the comic book style, the magazine, but just these stories. That would yeah. be uh, a singular cool. by themselves. That would be great. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, that's it's all so I can cool. say about this. I love. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. That said, uh, let's keep going. Yeah. I didn't. I don't know if you had any more thoughts. Sorry, I was just. No, no, on. that was that was pretty much it. It's really cool and <laughs> it's great. You know, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> let's talk about. Let's just give focus a bit to the covers. Um, we yes. we haven't spoke through those really at all as we went. So I was thinking we could just talk about those for a little bit. Yeah. Sorry, I'm pulling them up. Oh, that's fine. I'm pulling up my uh, trade paperbacks. Sweet. Oh, yeah, yours are going to be in all different order from mine, right? Well, I'm going off of the wiki. I'm not going off of... Oh, okay, okay. For this, I'm going... We're going to go traditional. We didn't go by the issue in our reading. We went off of the the trade paperbacks, not even the omnibus order. Uh, But this, we'll just go off the order from issue one through eight. So the first cover... Is by our man, John Cassidy. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking cool. I would say this, this, this one is so good that in the first volume one trade back, it's the first image you get in the whole book. Yeah, when you open, yeah. I mean, because it's just such a powerful, great, perfect, fun image. The layout that Cassidy did is great with Hellboy in the center and then the other characters fanning out from the sides. It's great. Yeah. In this sort of like V shape that (laughs) with all their like weapons held out too, like you get like a great, there's just like a great silhouette. Like you can, they're like good action poses. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love uh, those details of all their weapons. I mean. Hellboy, of course, has his yeah. right hand of, of doom as well as his gun out. 
And then Abe has a gun. Then, of course, Lobster Johnson, has, he's got that gun ready. Yeah, then Roger's there, too. <laughs> and then yeah. Liz, I love that she has, like, a flame hand going. And then, you know, you got you got Roger, who's just pure, br- he's just strength. But I like, I do yeah. like his Roger. He has, for a character that we know through his storyline has been a very tragic character. I think that Cassidy captures Roger's, that tragedy within one, sh- I don't think we've ever, I, at this point, I've not seen a John Cassidy do Roger other than totally. this. And he captures all of that like history, I think within this one one portrait of him. Yeah, I think he just has such a great understanding of these characters and it comes across so much in yeah, in this in his portrayal of them. I love Lobster Johnson's eyes, the color that has been used. I'm assuming I think Dave I I mean I'm going to guess Dave Stewart did the colors on this, but I would imagine, yeah. I think Cassidy just really captures the look of all of these characters in a in a way that like includes their personality too like it seems like he has a really you know he's just a clearly a huge hellboy fan and it comes across in the work for sure yeah and again that figure work and just consistency within his own style is so amazing yeah <laughs> and again he, he's like he's like, he's like really like a good i mean it's hard to get hellboy to look like quote realistic mm-hmm. but also look like the character like I think that's a really fine line that like not everybody's super capable of and I think Cassidy does it as well as you could a hundred percent agree like in this especially in this one this cover we're looking at he everything looks like oh I could I could see this this man walking right up to me yeah <laughs> and I love that he gives him the build that I love which is more of a like yeah he has abs but they're just like a working man's abs he's like a strong man <laughs> yeah I love he could it. like flip a log over or something you know <laughs> throw a medicine ball up in the air or something like that medicine um, yeah ball. those are the worst workouts I hate medicine balls I'm just on the record they are fun to throw though <laughs> if you have one that's like not too heavy I haven't gone I don't have one, obviously, at home. Like, I'm not like, who am I? But they were fun. When I was going to the gym, they were, I, I, they're exhausting, but I do like, I feel like a cool, I feel like the Hulk or something. Nice. Feels cool to throw one. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, moving on to the second um, cover. This yeah, one's by Volume Jay- 2. Volume 2. This one is Jason Pearson. Yeah. Can you hear the construction that's happening? Yeah, sorry, listeners. Um, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, during the time we were able to record, Kate has some tenants above her that are doing construction. So if you hear some noise on her track, I apologize. It means I just haven't been able to eliminate it. Yeah. But that's what happens when you record at home. <laughs> yeah, dude. But sorry. I, all good. And then, but this one <laughs> comes from J- Jason Pearson, who did um, Dread Within. It looks... Um, I mean, I like his, I like, I mean, I enjoyed his Dread Within. This cover is okay to me. Yeah, it's like fine. I, I think like it's, it's, I mean, maybe it's because of the cross or something. It reminds me of the Buffy comics that were being published like around, uh, or a little earlier than this. But I think also just like the texture, like the smoothness of the character's skin. Like I think that whatever the coloring style is of this, there's like a similar vibe that i'm getting yeah i i like the colors and stuff like i think it it looks like fine yeah the thing is i like i like pearson's design of of liz because i enjoyed yeah. it also in his issue is his story i like kate front and center 
I think that's great. His Hellboy is just not my favorite. Like his chin is insane yeah. to me. Is the way he draws his chin and like that weird the the uh, and you know some people like it, but for me that tapering from like his small head to this big chin, right, right, draw, like for some reason pulls me out of it. Yeah. But overall, I mean, it's fine. It's uh, I like when they I like that this is like an adventure. It's I like a cover. Some people it's it, this can be. There could be split opinions on this. Some people like a cover to be like really telling of what we're going to get in the story that you're going right. to read. I tend to be like open to the idea of like, I love if it's a good cover. I'm fine if it has nothing to do with the storyline inside. Yeah, it's just cool. Like she uh, he I think he just really wanted to draw a super goth version of Liz. Yeah. And that's you know, it. <laughs> she's like Morticia Adams in this cover. Like she's very goth. Totally. And then the next yeah. the next one is Weird Tales Volume 3. Alex Maleev is the artist. Who did uh, Stillborn. Yeah. So it's like a cool, it's a, it's like you said, it's like a, it feels like a chunk out of his story from Weird Tales, I would say. Like it's, it's the hooded figures in black at the top and Hellboy at the bottom with the snake. I mean... I just like this guy's art a lot. Yeah, his art works a lot. And I like, if you look at online, because the ones in the... This is, again, I've already... This is my controversial opinion. I like covers that include the, the text, just because that's, to me, the cover, not just yeah. the art. The cover art is great, but I want it... I love it looking at it with the actual uh, logo and everything, because that's, to me, part of the layout. Yeah. But I think it's a good use of that, because, like, you have all this... Cr- this empty space and it's eerie and everything. And I, I, I don't know. I like that use of it on this, this cover. Totally. And yeah. The, I think the, it's, yeah, it's like an element of design. It's like another skill and it's kind of, it's, it's hard sometimes to tie them together and make like a truly amazing cover. I think this one's like, as far as covers go, I, I don't, I don't know if I would call it amazing, but it's really cool. It looks yeah. really cool. Yeah, I mean, I think the only disappointing part about it, other than I like the guy's art, is it does feel like it almost feels like an unused panel out of the story versus something a little bit, yeah, something completely made for the cover. That's all. Yeah, yeah, it's like a cool image, but not necessarily like the most compelling cover in the world. Yeah. And you know, and I say that loving this guy's art, like I think he's True. so great. Yeah, and then volume four by uh, Lionel Francis Yu. Did we? I, I'm. I got. I, I could be stand stand corrected, but I don't think he did a story in any of the weird tales. No, because uh, I'm just. I'm just like hitting Control F to try to find his credits and any yeah. of the other um, things on the wiki. And yeah, he just did the cover for this one. Cool. I am a fan. Maybe, of- maybe they like approached him and were like, do you want to do one? And he's like, I'm busy, but I'll do a cover for you or something like that. Totally. I yeah. imagine that's like how all of this shit goes down where they're just like, what can you do? Are you available? We like your, <laughs> we like you. Yeah, and I do like this artist. In yeah, it's cool. General. He, I, I, the way this looks isn't what I immediately think of when I think of his his work. But that's just because I've read art. Uh, I've read his interiors more. Uh, you know what I mean? Less of his color covers. Yeah. Let me Google his stuff real quick. Uh, he did. I, I like his style a lot. I think he's. Oh, yeah. I like this image of Wolverine. That's really cool. Yeah, His ultimate Wolverine versus Hulk, which Damon Lindelof wrote. He's done stuff for Fantastic Four. He's all over the place. Fantastic Four. He's got like a cool mix of like uh, watercolors and hatching. I think it looks really cool. Yeah, I mean, Civil War is probably one of his big 
big ones is collaborating on that with Mark Miller and things Avengers versus X-Men. There's a lot of stuff that I like of his. Oh, yeah. A lot of his stuff. Secret Invasion. There's so much cool stuff that I like. Oh, Superior is another one. His another Mark Miller. It's sort of like a a Superior, if you haven't read it. It's like a fun Mark Miller. If you find Mark Miller fun, sometimes Mark Miller can can get on my nerves. Sure. uh, (laughs) Yeah. I like him, but then I also don't. It's it's back and forth. His Superior is pretty cool. It's like a take on um, Shazam that's a little darker. Cool. Yeah, I I like his art. I think this cover is really... It, this is another one where it's a small thing. In the original cover, there's a border. There's like a cool gray border that frames the picture on the yeah. original cover. And that's missing from the back, the back art. And I get it. I'm seeing the, the full art and it's very pretty. But I love... I think that framing is part of the Ish, the cover and I, yeah. I, I like it a lot <laughs> yeah because truly I mean if you're just walking around a comic book store that's what you're seeing you're not seeing this like full you know flush to the edge of the page poster it's part of what you see and also this is what I love about this cover that I just realized because I'm a dummy and didn't pay much, enough attention to it the, the, the woman on the cover is Anastasia from the fucking book she has the New York City oh. Yankees cap and she has like the sand goggles around her neck <laughs> oh, that's crazy. That's, I wonder I wonder if he like made some art for th- I wonder if this was like for that. Maybe, I don't know. That's wild. Then I was like, "Wait, who but is that?" But then I also was like Rasputin too. I wonder what Yeah, I wonder what the story is behind this one. Yeah, and I'm not sure who the demon eyes are that are directly at the top behind all of them if that's supposed to be Hellboy's father or another demon. They almost look feminine to me, but maybe I'm... Yeah, maybe it's supposed to... Oh, wait, it is. It is. It is Hecate because there's snakes coming okay. down. Durr. Oh, yeah, I see. I'll give myself a durr. Hell if I, I mean, know. I, her face is almost completely obscured, so yeah. I think you can give yourself a little credit, a little pass. But yeah, I I love that he included Anastasia because that is canon. It's this girl, past girl, ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting because we see rarely do we see illustrations of her. So because that's that's yeah, that's that's her. That's got to be her. The That's the New York Yankees hat, which is the biggest descriptor in the first novel. <laughs> Cool, cool. It's a cool thing. I, yeah, I like the art. I think it's a cool cover. I like the the, the the colors are very interesting. The swirls on um Hellboy's horns are very interesting. They're like a trees, but they're yeah. also they also have like a hypnotic energy to them, which is interesting. Yeah. He his Hellboy tends to be it seems like a split between the comic book and Ron Perlman to me in his Totally. I think features. it's pretty influenced by I would say it's pretty influenced by the Del Toro movies for sure. Yeah. But I like it. It's cool. Yeah. And then the next one, Hellboy Weird Tales Volume 5, J.H. Williams the 3rd who you'll remember from Love is Scarier Than Death. And it's uh, basically like, it feels like, um, it's almost like a, it like reminds me of like R.L. Stein did other books like other than Goosebumps. And it kind of makes me think of those. Like it feels like the, a little <laughs> off-brand horror kind of stuff. Yes, it's like, I love that. It's like he was yeah. doing young adult, right? That's that's Goosebumps. And then he had those ones that were like supposed to be a little older. And they always had like the cover always included in blood yeah like slightly older not like fear street but something yeah i know exactly what you're talking about that's very funny (laughs) it reminds me of like young adult fiction cover because it's also like 
it's like a little more romantic. It's a little like pastel-y. Like, you know, it's a it's right from Love is Scarier Than Death. It's him and the that agent, I forget her name, and the car yeah. in this like lover's lane, like spooky kind of alley. It's really fun. I really like it as a cover. I think it's cool. Yeah, I do think it's a great cover, particularly what you said color wise. And again, I'm a broken record on this. In this issue, they don't see how they don't have any of the logo. Hellboy Weird Tales. Yeah, it's cool. I get it. It's the cool. It's good cover art. I think this has a bunch of empty space in the original art. If you look at the digital version online, and what I love about it is the Hellboy logo, they've used the colors to match the the Cadillac. It's like the outline, they've made it like semi-transparent, and it looks really cool. Yeah, and to not... Like the the black outline, you can like see the stars through it. I think it looks great. And I think that that is a loss to not include that with the cover art. It's just yeah. The only thing I would say eliminate is eliminate like the I'm fine. Just eliminate the uh, the uh, the code, the, the little. Um, oh, like the uh, UPC. Yeah. The you, fuck? I can't believe the barcode is UPC all. Barcode. Yeah. yeah. That's the only thing that's not part of the art. <laughs> yeah. And maybe like anything else you think that's just like that. But I want the price. I want all of that. <laughs> yeah. I do. I, I do like to see the prices. It makes me nostalgic. I'm yeah. like, oh, they were only like. I mean, these ones were two ninety nine. <laughs> but I guess that's it an just, element. It's of, fun to think about. Own. I guess that is also for a collector an element of why you want to buy the issues too. I guess is right. part of it. Right. It's hard, man. Um, <laughs> the next one's Frank Cho, who didn't do any of the issues, I'm pretty sure, right? Like, he didn't do any. Yeah, I definitely am pretty sure. He's pretty sure. distinct. I think you would be able to tell. Um, but he's yeah. doing, like, a classic kind of Frank Cho look of Hellboy holding a girl with, like, her butt out. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's a pretty distinguishing feature of his is, like, you're going to see it's going to be, like, a pinup, basically. Yeah, he's known for Shauna the She-Devil. It's very much like a pinup hero. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and his, like, you know, his lines are really cool. Like, he does, like, a nice dynamic sort of, like, composition with, like, these spears, super strong, like, unmistakably diagonal sort of composition with the spears and Hellboy falling in that direction with the spears, too. You get some nice gorillas. I'm sure that's like... Because, I mean, Hellboy just is very ape-like in his, yeah. like, posture and stuff like that. So I think that... that And just gorillas are all over Hellboy. So I'm sure he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to draw a gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Put him in the Amazon, you know, where put I can here. put a woman in a bikini. Yeah. She's topless too, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean he's very he draws all kinds of like titillating shit like that. I feel like that's his like go-to thing. It's like totally fine. Like I'm not like offended by it or whatever. No, it's, it's just, just what like, you expect. Yeah, it's just like, okay, yeah, this is Frank Joe. Uh, um and again, I want to point out they kept I what I love about this is they kept the black border in the reprint in the back, and I like that. Oh yeah. Because like, he's got the you've got the spears overlapping that black border to like bring them forward. I think it really makes for a super dynamic image. Like yeah. some of the spears are disappearing behind the border, but some of them are coming forward, so it makes it creates so much depth. Yeah, and his his duster is breaking that frame yeah, as well that as her, her hair. hair and her hair kind of overlaps the title if you can if you google that and see that version of it i love that 
Those little small touches go a long way. I love that stuff. Totally. Yeah, it's really cool. And then the seventh volume, we've got Phil Noto doing the cover of volume seven. Also somebody I do believe we've not did not do interiors. Yeah, yeah. And it's a shame because this his uh I, I really like his. It's cool. Yeah, it's a great looking um cover. Feels very like uh early two there's something about it like late nineties, early two thousands about the layout. I don't know what it is. I so. can see that, yeah. You sort of have like a somewhat of a like it's like a painterly kind of style. It makes me think of like it makes me think of Drew Struzan in a way because it's like almost looks like these characters are semi-realistic painted characters like they could resemble an actor or like, you know, whoever his models were references. Yeah, they look cool. Yeah, I'm a, I'm I'm a uh, I'm a fan of it. There's something in here yeah. that like he's well known for. I mean, he's again like all these are worked for Marvel, DC, even did um, Image comic books. Something here I want to look up is he did he was nominated with um, Jerry Dugan uh, for an Eisner Best New Series of a book called The Infinite Horizon, um, which was like a modern retelling of the Odyssey. That's definitely something I'm gonna want to check out. As well as he did, apparently, uh, he worked as a concept artist for the video games, uh, like Bioshock. Oh, cool. So, pretty cool stuff. Pretty cool stuff. What have you heard about Infinite Horizon that's like, oh, I want to check this out? I, I haven't heard anything other than I looked it up and I just thought that the fact that it was nominated for an Eisner Award. Yeah. As well as, I don't know, a modern retelling just of the Odyssey. Just piqued your interest. Yeah, it really piqued my interest. Cause cool. I think you can, those old tales when they're re, they're modernized can, you know, sometimes they can be great. Like, totally. Oh, brother, where art thou? Or they can be bad. So I'm just curious to see how they did. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. We only got one more. We just have volume eight by uh, Michael Kaluta and another guy who didn't do any of the interior art. I don't think I don't so. I think so. His is fun. I really like this one. It's because uh, it just is super weird. And like, I haven't really seen any other Hellboy art that's totally like it. It's like Hellboy underneath a wrecked, underneath like a dozen wrecked biplanes, like air or not biplanes, like air, just airplanes from the like, you know, they're they're just like from the fucking 50s or four. Like, I don't know when they're from, yeah. but it's like. Just a crashed pile of old airplanes. And these little devil, like, demon guys are helping him do so, like, work on them, I guess? Yeah. Or just. What I is just, happening here? I think, looking closer, I think they're just. Oh, they're roasting ho- weenies. Yeah, they're just roasting hot dog weenies. <laughs> it's, it's, it's something that's just completely. I'm like, I don't know. I'm glad yeah. they did it. it. This is. It, it is, makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, and it feels very. You know? In the in the weird tell like vein of like here's like a how weird- fuck did he end up here <laughs> yeah I'm like this is a weird story we never we're not gonna get it but okay <laughs> right right I'm almost like disappointed that you don't get to see whatever this is play out yeah and this guy's been around forever I mean this this is a writer that um his notables um were the shadow with writer Dennis O'Neill and a couple of other like he's done Conan action comics. Aquaman. I mean, he, this guy's credentials go on forever and ever. I mean, and so it's really, they probably were really excited to get this guy to draw it, you know? Oh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it's, it, I, I, it's, it's, it's a, it catches you. It's a cover that catches you off guard. And I like that. <laughs> Cause it just, it adds. feels like it's all, it, it feels like, 
I feel like Michael Kaluta, his typical stuff is like so, so hyper detailed. And this feels like he did it maybe like it's still very detailed, like the details of this plane and stuff are all like, you know, it lo- it's very like an illustration of a, of like how, you know, it, it's like a model airplane or something like each little panel is visible and each like rivet. But his Hellboy figures are like kind of quick, like they feel like they feel like less um like almost like you're looking at them for out of the corner of your eye. It's a really interesting look because I, I feel like usually his work is so detailed. It's like the, well, it feels fun, though. It feels fun. And it's an odd story with roasting weenies <laughs> with yeah. Hellboy and a bunch of other little Hellboys. Yeah, it does feel to me like it's almost like he he got the assignment he thought of this like, and this is probably not what happened, but this is what it feels like <laughs> when you look at it. Yeah. He like was like, oh, I'm so excited to do these these planes or I have this plane idea and then the moon. Blah. And then he was like, yeah. hey, that's dude. He's like, oh, I forgot to add Hellboy. Uh, <laughs> right. Oh, uh, sure, sure, sure. Which is probably not what happened, but it does. I agree. The, the figure work on those feels very rushed. I guess he also makes him look a little more fantasy-y. He's got this, like, hooked up nose and, like, just, like, you know, he just looks more fantastical in a way. Like, more like a fantasy, like, high fantasy creature. Yeah. There's a, what I love about it is there's, like, a full story in this one image that I want to (laughs) know. Yeah. Like, to me, it's like, is Hellboy. What the fuck is happening here? Is this Hellboy trying to teach other young demons that, like, earth life on the like on the earthly realm is all right and i'll show you by roasting you a couple weenies yeah like here you'll you're gonna love these (laughs) those are the those hot dogs possibly could be their pancakes you know (laughs) so it's a very fun cover i love it so good well great those are the covers any final thoughts on the covers yeah (laughs) i mean they're a lot of fun i was as i was looking them up i see like a bunch of them that are like cgc rated have you ever gotten any comics cgc rated like with that like plastic seal with the like 9.8 in the corner like any of that stuff i have no well it's like if you've seen them like they're like totally wrapped in plastic and like just have the little number above it with the rating but i think it like costs money just to even do that i would be interested if any of the listeners have ever done that or if they own comics that are rated like that and if they think it's like worth doing I don't know. Oh, are you meaning like the thick plastic where people? Yeah, the, yeah, oh, like okay. where it's like I'm sorry. sealed. I, that was my fault. I got confused. I thought you meant when they were originally released. Durr. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, like when I know what you're talking about. I've seen them at co- the cons, Comic Con, totally, and stuff yeah. like where people are like, "Well, we rated it, and that's how this. It's like it's mint. How mint the it is. Is like yeah. perfect. Yeah. Uh, maybe one day I'll do that, but I have no desire right now as a co- uh, of collector of the comics i have it looks like it's kind of expensive to do it's already going to cost you a bit to do it <laughs> it costs like it costs like 20 40 it like it depends on a lot of stuff grading service standard maximum value of a thousand dollars per book and the price to grade it is 65 bucks yeah that's gonna add up i feel like if you're i guess you you must be a different level of collector if you're doing that yeah i agree you're you are but, a collector you're like yeah. a true collector yeah. if you're going to spend the money to get that rated. You're like putting it in a museum kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Never Why? mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it. Never mind. When I die, somebody will find my comic books and make money off of them. 
Yeah, truly. I I have I feel like such an idiot going to I had like a bunch of books that I was like, I haven't looked at these in so long. I'm going to go sell them. <laughs> and the guy was like pretty nice about it and like actually let me know that I had some I had like one comic that was like of some value, at least at least one that he told me about. Mm-hmm. I don't I might have had more. I like meticulously looked them all up like a nerd to make sure I wasn't getting swindled. And like most of them, it, it seemed pretty fair for like what he gave me. But I still like the whole thing made me feel dumb. It makes me feel like when I go to like uh, car shops or something like I can't tell if I'm getting totally Screwed. <laughs> I would. I don't know. Uh, Apparently, not... <laughs> I own. I own the first. I own this like Omega, like the first appearance of Lobo in a comic. You know what? I'm surprised there isn't in. You know the um, Antique Roadshow. Yeah, for comics, dude. I'm surprised that no one has that made one for comics. They have comics on it. We've been watching yeah. some antiques around <laughs> <I'll show>. you. <laughs> it's pretty fun. It's a fun show, dude. And like occasionally they'll have comic related stuff on there. But yeah, dude, if there was one, there's got to be one like that, right? There's got to be something. If it hasn't ever existed, I'm pretty surprised. But it seems like now how big they've gotten in the industry has gotten and how it's part People of pop culture. It'd be I'm surprised that somebody like one of the big names, like the creator of Walking Dead, which I'm blanking on uh, his name, but I'm surprised like he hasn't created a show like that. <laughs> I would watch that. Like I would completely watch that. Uh, Frank Darabont. Wait, no, what the fuck? Robert Robert Kirkman. Yeah, Kirkman. Kirkman. That's who I couldn't think of as Robert Kirkman. Because I just feel like he made a series that was pretty generic for AMC about comic book history. It wasn't bad. It just felt like some of the storylines you were just like yeah we've we've been we know this you, you could dive deeper hopefully they will and maybe in the future but he, i can see him creating a show like that i mean it's like you have people with like twitch accounts with like so many followers like i feel like there is space for hyper niche kind of shit at this point 100%. it's not that niche it's like big that's what we're that's our pitch uh ant- <laughs> antique, antiques roach over comics yeah <laughs> i love it uh, all right. Well, we got to close out this episode and that's going to be with our rankings of all yeah. the weird stuff. We've never done a ranking before. No. Kate insisted. <laughs> I didn't like insist. You insisted. <laughs> I was like, you better rank these. I like it. It forced me to think about it. Yeah. So I think what we should do is there's 26 stories altogether, correct? There's a lot. It's going to be hard to keep track of. I think... I think we should just go from 26 to 1 and we'll just as go back and forth on what ours is. If there's okay. a little bit of like if there's any from thought, least favorite to most favorite. Yeah, so we'll end on okay. the winner of our okay. what we think what we determine we think is the best out of these weird tales or our favorites. If you have small thoughts, I think we keep them short. Oh like, yeah. Like, yeah, very I'll, brief. I'll tell you exactly why mine's last, but I'll keep it short. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, and I'll say too, I we don't we both did this in like five minutes, so you know nothing's like we it, it's quick. It's a quick knee jerk reaction, and these are you know none of them are terrible. It's just uh, some of them are are great, and some of them aren't as great as those. Yes, yeah, and a ranking is always going to be different from other people. These are ours, not totally the definitive. So yeah, I'll I'll, okay, I'll, kick I'll us start. Off. So my least favorite. 26 family story. Mine too. I didn't look yeah. at yours. I didn't look at yeah. yours. Family uh, story, man. Family I was st- like, sorry. He steps on the cat. The cat, you're immediately the worst. And there's no. It's, it's like, 
Yeah. And you're treating the k- killing of a cat normally. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like weird. It's so weird. Like, and not in like a weird tales kind of a way. Like, yeah. it's just like, this is fucking, what am I reading here? Okay. <laughs> and then, um, Children of the Black Mound, I put it. Wow, we're in a line. Yeah. We are in a line for nice. the, first, the first two. Same here. Confusing I'm story. Just, like underwhelmed <laughs> by it. I will say, though, the, uh, my bottom ones, I at least remembered. There were some in the middle that I was like, what's that one? And I had to look it up. Right. So it's like they left an impression, but the impression was eh, negative. <laughs> yeah. And then um, number 24, A Love Story. Wait, what? Mine is a, a love, love story. story too. Really? <laughs> yes. What if we just have identical lists, dude? I bet it will get. I bet it will get different in the middle for sure. It'll vary in the middle. Yeah. Love story. Um, yeah. It's just a love story. We get it. Yeah. yeah my favorite. It's like a, nah. uh, twenty-three. I put theater of the dead. Unreal. That's my number. Are you 20. serious, dude? Yes. That's so funny. I and again, we didn't. I did not look at your list. <laughs> That's crazy because they're like. Uh, that's cr- okay well now it's getting like it's getting yeah. creepy we're in alignment here <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, <laughs> we're, good, we're in good alignment okay here yeah. we go 22 haunted oh mine is command okay. performance mine is 21 so it's i it's, put it one above haunted and mine's the flip is haunted came after command performance i wow. only put haunted because i like the art better i prefer the colors and the art of haunted over command performance Oh, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. All right. Um, Number 20. Tw- that's so funny, though. <laughs> 20, downtime. I put oh, 20, wow. downtime. Okay, mine's hot. I put hot lower. Hot. I just Hot's don't... 18. I put it a little higher because okay. I like the art. It's in the... Yeah. I mean, I just... Story-wise, I don't care for mm-hmm. hot very much. And it's just... Yeah. I put, yeah. And then my 19 is love is scarier than death. Minus 17 is love is scarier than death for me. My 19 is Toy Soldier. All right. Wow. Toy Soldier went low. I, I did like Toy Soldier. Like, I thought it was, I thought it was cool, but I just didn't. I, when I was thinking about them, I was like, truly, I just enjoyed love is scarier than death. The look of it a little bit. It's a great look. More. I would agree. And honestly, like hearing about that guy doing uh, his his uh, pub, like his uh, pseudonym or whatever for like just like making up a Japanese name to get his like faux anime style across put kind of a sour taste in my mouth but it's still like pretty cool like I don't know I um, you don't have to justify your ranking yeah yeah that's true so 18 I put hot uh 18 uh, for me is Abe Sabian star of BPRD oh okay mine's way further that's way that's further okay for me uh um but that's yeah and then 17, I put Love is Scarier Than Death, as we said. 17 is downtime for me. Downtime, okay. Yeah. And then The Curse of the Haunted Doily, I put at 16. Oh, that's mine. Curse of... Oh, really? That's another one we hit on with that's each funny. other. Yeah, Curse of the Haunted Doily is number 16 for here. Drink. <laughs> drunk. Uh, 15. <laughs> We're getting day drunk. Morning drunk. We're getting day... Morning drunk, yeah. Bright and early. Then 15 I did Friday. 15 on Friday right here, too. That's so funny, dude. That's crazy. 14 shattered. 14 is shattered as well. It, are you that, serious? That is man? definitely... These are like good, but middle of the ground. Yeah. Where they don't... They're like totally fine. Where like the art... The art of the story doesn't sway to bad or worse for me. It's just middle yeah. of the ground. Cool. Yeah. Um, 13, I put cool your head. Oh, okay. I put the dread within is where that, by 13. Oh, okay. Mine's the dread within. I put 
at five. Wow. Save it. Save it. Because when we get those okay, top yeah. five, that's where we really yeah. get. Um, so, yeah, I put 13, Cool Your Head. 12, My Vacation in Hell. Uh, 12 for me is Flight Risk. Flight Risk? Okay, yeah. Uh, 11, Abe Sapien, Star of BPRD. Cool. Mine is Stillborn. It's number 11. Stillborn. Okay, cool. Now we're starting to really mix it up. Yeah, we 10. are. 10 is Party Pooper. Ooh, 10, for me. 10 is Cool Your Head for me. Okay, cool. Uh, long distance caller, I put at nine. Ooh, mine's one off from that. I put 15 minutes is nine. And then okay. long distance is long distance caller is my eight. Your eight? My eight is professional help. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then my seven is Midnight Cowboy, the young Hellboy story. Great. Mine's party pooper. Party pooper is number seven for me. Oh, yeah. And then number six, I included the Doc Hollows. Vibro, Destructo Machine, a.k.a. Lobster Johnson Adventures. That's uh, my number six. Number six for me is Toy Soldier. Toy Soldier, cool. Yeah, I wasn't going to make that top ten. I mean, that top five. Mine was way... uh, We're way different on that one. That was my 19. The Dread Within is my number five. Number five. All right, we're in our top five. Top Top five five. for me, number five, Midnight Cowboy. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Midnight Cowboy is so cute. It's really good. Four for me was 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Great. I mean, I love the art. I love the art. Yeah, the art's really cool. Yeah, I could see how you would be like, I I think for me, it's like the art was cool enough and like the jokes were like, like it obviously is like not going to be canon. It's like so wildly far away from the story, but in a way that I was like, this is just somebody having fun with the idea of comics and like breaking that fourth wall sort of. Um, so I was like, Oh, this is fun. I liked it. And then um, I did too. And I just want to say her art makes me just want to, it might, it made me want to read more of hers. That's totally, totally. Right. Um, and then number four. Oh wait, that was number four, 15 minutes. Number my three. Number four, wait, my number four. Don't move on past my yeah. rankings. Oh, yeah. oh sorry. 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 <laughs> I blew by uh, professional. My number four is professional help. Professional Help's awesome. I loved it. <laughs> I probably should put it higher, but I, I don't know. It, it is what it is. I spent five minutes on it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I put Flight Risk for my number three. All right. Flight Risk number three. Much higher than me. My Way higher. 12. My number three is My Vacation in Hell. My Vacation in Hell is awesome. I really like the art of that one so much. Yeah, big fan. Yeah. All right, we're down to the last two. Last two. The, for number two, I put Stillborn. Oh, Stillborn. Yeah. You definitely, we, we varied on that. Uh, Where was yours? Yours was way down. Not way down. It's in it's 11. It's right before Eleven. the okay. top 10. Yeah. Uh, my number two, I was going to change this, but I think I'm going to stick to it. I said earlier in the show I was going to change this via our, our discussion. But as we were going through the list, I was like, I think it is where it is. I almost changed it due to its its uh its connection with the main story Hellboy line, the main storyline. Yeah. But number two for me is Doc Hollow, the Lobster Johnson. Cool. So it was really cool. I, I loved it. Num- my number one's Big Top Hellboy. Same here, Big Top Hellboy. Yeah. I'm sorry, you can't. He just John Cassidy he crushed it. Crushed it, and it's it. It felt it's like so unique and like it was super memorable. Like at the top, like five and bottom five were like really memorable for me. And a couple in the middle, I think, were like really stuck out. But like, uh, yeah, I, I thought Big Top Hellboy was like, oh, shit, I really 
am going to look up more of this person's stuff and just he has an understanding of the characters his writing is so solid and his art is so amazing and unique and like did total justice to the look of the characters while also bringing in his own unique style in a way that was like just felt natural and felt like so readable and was awesome I loved it. I'm with you 100%. Um, I'm going to, when this goes live, this this episode, I'm going to post both our lists online on our sure. on our Instagram feed. I'm going to also, our, each of our top fives, I'll post images from um, just to, you know, because, you know, those artists, they need to know that they, they're ranking among us. <laughs> uh, no, we're going to like piss somebody off. Oh, who cares? That's if anybody, they're not going to give a shit. Actually. They don't care. Who cares? Totally post it, yeah. Um, like, oh, I'm a working artist. Shut up, you idiot. Yeah. But these are just a frivolous ranking. It's also not, none of them are bad. But listeners, if you're interested, please go ahead and post your top, your ranking of the, all the weird tales tag us or even like just your top five. If you're like, I don't yeah. feel like doing all of this. You don't have to do all of it. Do your at least top five. If you're going to do a ranking. Um, and I'll, if you tag us, I'll happily repost it on our feed and celebrate that ranking. Um, and in addition <laughs> to that, we want to hear from you listeners. We want to hear your yeah. thoughts on all the weird tales. Um, the lobster Johnson story that we covered today. We want to hear your thoughts on the covers all of that. Um, in the way you can to let us know your thoughts, you can email us at awcrapahellboypodcast at gmail.com, as well as though you post your list on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at awcrapahellboypodcast. Twitter is awcraphellboy, um, as well as, again... We want to hear from you. Just email us. Awcrapahellboypodcast yeah. at gmail.com. We're bouncing off the walls over here. <laughs> we want to interact. Yeah, we want to interact. Please do. Um, we love hearing from you online as well as your emails. I, I just, ah, we love it. But that being yeah. said, please bring other people to the show if you're enjoying it. You can do that by giving us a rating and a review on whatever platform you're listening to us. If you're on Apple Podcasts, though, if you give us a five-star review and your review starts with the word boom, we will read your review right here on the show and give you a big shout out. We call that boom reviews. So go ahead and do that. Do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's it. That's the the... The assumption that's the final. I'm l- looking for a word that I can't think of uh, that was more elegant. <laughs> the than, final say. Yeah, the final the final episode of Weird Tales. That's it. We have two cool episodes coming up next after this. Um, most likely after those two episodes, we're going to kick. We'll probably just get right back into season four where we left off. Um, that could change, but we do have a, some two episodes coming up um one that's going to be coming soon we have a great a cool special guest i'm gonna not say who it is until we get that recorded and in the can uh (laughs) but we're very excited so stay um stay tuned to what's coming up um in the future episodes and also we have giveaways which will include stickers i will post those soon so you guys can be excited about the stickers and find out ways to get those into your hands. I feel like we've been ramping up this giveaway for like... I'm going to tell you this giveaway, for all my big talking and delay on it, it's going to be fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it will be. It will be. Uh, but that's it. That's it for this uh, final episode on Weird Tales. 
Yeah. Oh, this is a like slightly unrelated, I would say. Care, but if you guys want to donate money to protesters in Minneapolis, is uh, uh, like the their like bail funds and stuff. You can find that a lot. You know, just throwing that out as a suggestion. I agree. Is that the Freedom Fund? That's one definitely to, uh, to there, donate. Yeah, there's like. There's so many that I, I get them all mixed up. I apologize. You donate to Black Lives yeah. Matter, Freedom Fund. There's so yeah. many. Be a voice. Yeah, there's the Minnesota Freedom Funds. Uh, yeah, yeah. Worth checking out. Worth Googling. Talk to your families. It's hard. I did it. It's fucking hard. It's, it's, it's it sucks. Do, but you got to do it. But you got to do it. Because it's harder to be a black person in America sometimes. So, yeah. you know. Recognize that. Yeah. I have I have white privilege and that's the first step is acknowledging it. Yeah, for sure. So cool. That was so great. Just Kate. do that. That was <laughs> yeah, great. Sorry, Kate. Just no, I think that yeah. was great. I don't think don't apologize for bringing that in. Yeah. Uh, that is a wonderful note to end on. We thank you listeners. We really appreciate all of you out there and your support. So thank you again and remember we love you. What, you got eggs flying in? Yeah, I have oats flying in. Oats flying in. Oh, those are, what are the, oh, yogurt. Sorry, I got yogurt flying in. <laughs> uh, and and uh, a cold brew. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> you got to eat something. You shall not pass. Up listening to this new hilarious real play podcast starring a real life six-year-old. You see a giant red dragon and just a belch of flyer just as it flies straight towards you. And I just walked past it. <laughs> Check out the D&D Adventures of Coke the Kinder Giant on Campfire Media. Campfire.